0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Greyhound Time. This is season three episode one. I am Kaya Mills-Lee and I'm Lauren Hill. Today we're going to be talking with Coach Hudson.
1: Hello everyone thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Um, We just thought our first episode would kind of be recapping the fall sports last year with COVID and kind of just talking about how they're going to look this year in general and then also like in regards to COVID.
2: So first question we have for you is, which sports do you think were affected the most by COVID?
0: Like we know a lot of like for softball, like the season had to be completely switched to the spring. Lots of games were canceled. Some sports were masks like full time, like temperature checks, quarantines, like, you know, the whole thing. So is there like a couple sports that were affected more so than others?
1: Yeah, you mentioned softball, and I think softball was probably impacted the most because we did have to move their entire season to the spring. Uh, the reason we chose to do that is every school on their schedule for last school year moved to what was called the alternative season. So that they decided to move all, those schools decided to move all their sports programs from the fall to the spring.
0: Like every single
1: so one. So we lost 100% of our schedule except for Ladue so at the end of the day we had one team on our schedule or one school on our schedule so we decided to go ahead and move softball so we could play those same teams right. in the alternate season in the spring so yeah softball was impacted the most uh as far as other sports you know in the fall we we only had to quarantine one uh team and it was a JV soccer and it was at the very tail end of their season so Essentially, we lucked out in a lot of ways at Clayton um, compared to many other schools. Um, You know, as far as the protocols go, yes, we were masking um, when we needed to. um, At that time, it seemed like it changed every week. I was sending out new communication based on how the virus was impacting, you know, students or the the greater community.
0: Yeah. Um, But then there were still like games canceled because of other schools having to quarantine as well
1: right yeah so we did so early we we did a staggered start to the fall season Um, based on the level of contact um, the st louis county uh, decided to start sports that um, didn't have much contact like cross country and girls tennis Um, they started and then we staggered out you know a couple weeks out the the moderate level contact sports and then the contact sports like soccer and football started the latest. So we did lose a few games earlier in their season. Uh, for soccer, we were able to schedule some of those on the back end. Football, we were not. Um, so they had a limited schedule in that regard. Um, but yeah, if we did lose a game uh, a game or a school to COVID if they had to quarantine, then we just worked to try and reschedule it. If we could, we did. If not, um, then we missed that game last year.
2: Right. Another question for you is, like what did the what do you think the masks looked like if we had to wear them full time
0: and like last year right because I know year. some sports didn't have to wear them like during the games but they did at practice like how did that
1: yeah so moving into this school year in comparison to last is that the question or
0: well we're just doing like a recap
2: from a recap basketball. from last
1: year yeah. so just... um you know last year depending mm-hmm. on the level of contact. Um, I'm trying to think back um, because it changed so many times, Um, you know, indoor sports for like swim, we had to be masked at all times unless you were in the pool, volleyball, we were masked um, 100% of the time, um, whether you were in the game, out of the game. Um, But when we moved outside, um, the masking protocols were if you were involved in vigorous activity, you could remove your mask but say for instance, if you were out of the vigorous activity out of the game on the bench, then we were asking you to mask, um, which is going to look a lot the same as we move into this year due to the Delta variant.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Um, we'll go into that in a little bit, but one thing that I also wanted to ask was, you know, despite all of the COVID stuff last year, like which teams, um, had a lot of success and like what were their accomplishments?
1: You know, the, the one that comes to mind, um, First is our boys varsity soccer team making it to the quarterfinals, uh, beating Ladue in the district championship, which then leads into our girls program, uh, who made a run there as well, (laughs) also beat Ladue in the district championship. And anytime you can knock off Ladue in a big game, uh, it's certainly this community community certainly loves that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know our basketball girls basketball program. Are we trying to focus on fall? I'm sorry. I
0: mean, yes, but, you know, if there's anything, like, super notable, go ahead. (laughs) It affected, like, all of the sports.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. And I think of the girls' uh, program, you know, Coach Willis, our new new varsity coach, came in with a very young team, uh, and I think they overachieved in a lot of ways. They beat a lot of um, schools that had much more experience on the court uh, which was great because the future is really, really bright for that girls program as we've got a strong group of freshmen coming in that are going to contribute right away. Um, other teams that come to mind, oh, field hockey. Field mm-hmm. hockey made its strongest run oh last year. Winning streak um, of, I don't even know how many games. Yeah, they made their strongest run into playoffs last year, uh, which was very, very exciting um, for the girls. A lot of hard work. They are playing on the new field out there, Adzik Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was great. And um, I'm certainly looking forward to this coming year as well. Uh, Other sports from the fall that I can think of uh, that I'm excited about, if that's football, I'm really excited about this year's football program. We've got our numbers are up this year. Uh, We hope to have 41 um, athletes dressed um, come this, this, you know, this first, this first game on the 28th, I believe. So that's exciting. Uh, We only have four seniors. so for the future that means next year if everybody comes back and then an incoming group of freshmen we should be even more you know have even more athletes out there um than this year i'm trying
0: to think who are the four seniors campbell isaiah mason
1: that's a good question i don't have it uh because frank left
0: i actually like just found out about that but he like transferred which i think is crazy but i mean great for him because like seriously yeah
1: he's gonna. yeah and then our girls um tennis program last year i got second in the district, uh, which is exciting. They've got two, you know, returners coming back that are gonna lead them. Um, and I'm excited about that yeah. uh, as well. So yeah, I mean, in general, I just think with, you know, what go, what's going on in the world around us, the, you know, our sports is a way of, you know, tuning out uh, the virus uh, and, and giving yourself a sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it.
2: Yeah, I agree. So moving on to um this fall like these fall sports regarding COVID um which do you think of masks and temperature checks and quarantines will be implemented this year
1: Well I can only speak to as of what I know right now cuz you know right. it could change tomorrow sure. <laughs> Um there will, will not be temp checks um okay. indoor sports will be masked 100% of the time to start of course if you're in the pool you can remove your mask so um, volleyball will be masked. Um, all our fans will be masked while at indoor sports. Outdoor sports will look a little different. Um, you know, once when you're involved in practice or in a competition, you can remove your mask. Uh, we're gonna ask here at Clayton that if you're on the sideline, um, you do your best, especially if you're in close distance to teammates, that you are masked. Uh, we're gonna ask, we're gonna recommend that spectators mask um, at outdoor um, events, but they don't have to. Um, that'll be up to each individual. Um, so that's, it's, it's really simple as we move into this year in comparison to last. Yeah. It was very complicated when we're trying to simplify it so it's easier to um, control.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was curious about was I know like a lot of people, especially in the Clayton community are getting vaccinated. Um, does being vaccinated or will it have any effect on like the sports or not having to quarantine or anything like that?
1: I think the only mitigation right now that we have is masking. Um, if you look at what's going on in, say, a classroom, um, I believe that well, in the past, if you were masked or unmasked and someone had a positive case and you were in you know, close distance to them, then you had to quarantine. Now, I believe it. the way it reads is if you're masked, then you don't have to quarantine. Right. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we're coming back to school requiring everyone to mask. Right. Um, but in regards to sports itself, um, let me make sure I answer that question. We're into-
0: Just like if, I don't know, I don't know if this is true for any of the sports, if like all the members on the team are vaccinated. OK,
1: vaccinations. Like- yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> no, um, no, so we're not as a district right now. Um, or we, at least within athletics, tracking vaccinations. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to certainly help. That's just my personal opinion mm-hmm. um, as we try to reduce the spread. Uh, but we're learning more and more, even if you are vaccinated, that Delta variant, you, you, okay. know, you could still uh, contract the virus.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about this a little bit already, but softball, I just wanted to – because this, like you said, it's the one that probably was most impacted by COVID – um so last year their season was in the spring and this year it's back to the fall. Um did that just happen because the other schools were like willing to do it in the fall again?
1: Yeah, so I don't believe we're even any school in the state is doing an alternative season in the spring. I think everyone is going back to the traditional fall, winter, spring season. Uh which would then allow us to play, you know, our schedule uh here in the fall.
0: Okay, gotcha.
2: Um So one last question for um, this fall. So what do you think fall athletes and coaches need to do in order to maintain a full and successful season? Any advice?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just make sure that, you know, the protocols that are put in place by the district, um, you're following them. I mean, we're putting them out there for a reason. We've got to hold each other accountable. Uh, you know, in my role, I, you know, I communicate a lot to the coaches, and it's the coaches' jobs to hold the, the athletes accountable. Um, so that's my hope there. And right now, it's really up to each individual school district. You know, in the, last year was the county. You know, St. Louis County had to follow these protocols. St. Jefferson County was following these protocols. And then St. Charles County was following these protocols, which made it difficult. Um, I don't know if it's going to be any easier because now it's really up to – each individual school district. So as athletic directors, it's gonna be our job to communicate what our protocols are with the schools that are coming to us. And then the schools we're going to, those ADs need to communicate to us the protocols they're gonna follow around masking, uh, et cetera. Uh, In the conversations I've had with all the suburban high schools, which is 31 high schools, we all are pretty much so on the same page of what we're gonna do with our athletes. Now spectators is gonna look different. Some schools are still not gonna allow spectators, especially at indoor sports.
0: Mm That's, I mean, good. It sucks for the athletes, you know, not having spectators, but I feel like it's a, an important decision. Um, okay, so kind of like abandoning, talking about COVID, just like the sports in general. Um, do you know like which sports have, I mean, obviously most of them have been doing preseason, but like throughout the summer even, like which ones are really like on their game?
1: <laughs> um, you know, I would say that uh, it, I know this is a fall sports conversation, but uh, you look at our basketball programs, they did summer league play, uh, which was fantastic. It was our first year for our girls program to be in a summer league in years. Uh, I can't think back to a, a time where the girls program was in a summer league, uh, which is great because it gives an opportunity for the incoming freshmen to be a part of the program really early, even before the school year starts. Uh, so that's exciting. So both uh, basketball programs are really punched in. Our football program was in the weight room. Uh, and training, you know, during their twenty contact days, uh, softball offered some contact days right before um, practice started, and and they had a great turnout. Um, there, trying to think, field hockey was offering some, some conditioning workouts, and they had um, you know athletes showing up. Uh, unfortunately, it's really difficult for the any um, you know swimming to because we don't have access to the pool uh, during the summer. Uh, and then and likewise for golf, we don't have access to the courses uh, like we do once the season starts. Uh, cross country, what an amazing group. They were meeting yeah. almost every day at 6 a.m. Uh, out at Shaw Park. <laughs> so that's exciting. Uh, girls tennis did a camp. they were sh- they, We had a good turnout for that. I'm flipping through my notes so I don't miss a sport. Uh, volleyball did a lot of contact days uh, throughout the summer. So I, I really feel like you know as as far as what we need to do to improve and compete at the next level Mm -hmm. uh it really starts in what you're doing in the off season so we're slowly but surely having more and more student athletes buy into that and show up for the out of season training
0: yeah that's good i mean i feel like everyone's ready to get back into it like for real without having to worry about everything
2: Um, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but are there any sports that come to mind that have an abundance of underclassmen that we should be looking out for?
1: Very good question. Um, I have not looked at that data because actually today is the due date for all the coaches Uh, to turn in their eligibility rosters, which we would be able to see who has an abundance of freshmen or underclassmen uh, coming out. Um, So that would be a very, very tough question for me to answer. But I do know that just from the conversations I've had with coaches, uh, we do have a very strong group of student athletes coming in from Wydown into the, in, in, you know, to our freshman level. So, I know you exciting. mentioned
2: football too. With yeah, freshman,
1: I mean, the underclassmen, we have four seniors, so football's numbers are growing. Yeah. And that's, a, that's due to awesome. the fact that we have a lot of students coming out of Wydown that are ready to play.
0: Um, I guess not even just underclassmen are there any like we all, we usually do just like highlight a few upperclassmen captains like people to look out for are there any certain individuals who you think we should really like have our eyes out for in any of the sports yeah
1: actually I have uh, just to be honest I took notes here just to make sure I didn't miss anyone yeah, um, <laughs> you know in let's see here cross country you've got on the girls side returning uh, Sophie Pellegrin yes. who competed to state meet Isabelle Erdman, she competed at the state meet. Uh, Shane Legacy, he competed at the state meet. So we we'll look forward to watching them run. Uh, and then also who's going to contribute on the boys' side, James Lenz, Andrew Thompson, Jeremy Cohn. Yeah. Um, so we'll yes. look forward to seeing them and how well they can do this year. On um, field hockey, you know, we made a very good run uh, last year in the playoffs and returning is Ruby Naden and, and Hannah Tegan. So they they were first-team all-conference Uh, field hockey so we'll look forward to them you know helping contribute um who else we've got here you know i'm i'm really excited about boys swim um two reasons our numbers are up this year we have 23 boys out uh and we've got a a a new head coach uh science teacher um uh and coach locks so he teaches, I believe, forensics here in the building uh, and just comes with a wealth of knowledge, a background in coaching that's unbelievable, uh, even as far as Olympic-level athletes. Wow, he's I didn't even know he did that. Why um, hasn't he coached before? So he has coached before, oh, okay. uh, before my time in the, in the district, um, you know, and then he, he helped train a lot of the club programs and then watched his own children train. Uh, and compete. So we're really excited to have him in the pool. Uh, I believe Graham Zucker is going to return. He'll be a really strong yeah. swimmer for us. He did well for us two years ago as a freshman. So that's exciting. Right.
0: And he didn't do it
1: last year. Is that right, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then boys soccer, obviously, um, we lost Some, you know, very good players and Zach Stapleton, Alex Kramer, Ben Brewer, Mm -hmm. but we've got a returning group. I talked to Coach Taylor uh, two days ago and he said, you know, it was very interesting, uh, the feel of the team when they return. Were they going to be hungry to get back to where they were? And he said, it's very obvious they are. They're out there working hard and pushing each other. So, uh, you know, it will be great to watch the boys' soccer program. Girls golf, you know, we lost two really good players and Sophie Thompson and Reagan Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coming back, we'll have Natalie Noonan and, and Kath and co lead us in there. So yeah. they're really strong players um, for us. Uh, let's see, who else do I have here? You know, volleyball in general, I believe we got second in the district last year. We've got a great returning group um sarah taylor mm-hmm. who's an exceptional player made a really good run um in beach volleyball this past summer yeah. uh but really neat to see uh her sister
2: yeah, hannah. is coming hannah
1: she also did well this summer so it's going to be fun to see the two sisters working out together i went to practice yesterday and they're both on the same side of the mm-hmm. net um so that's going to be exciting to watch apparently um, hannah
0: smoked everyone in the mile so yeah there you go there you go <laughs>
1: uh, the competition's already building um <laughs> And then girls tennis, um, Anaya Singh and Simone uh, Saad. They're going to be the two mm-hmm. uh, lead players there that will hopefully you know help all you know the tennis team make a run in the playoffs. So a lot of excitement. You know we just got to hope this COVID keeps away far enough to where we don't have to quarantine anyone, um, especially as we make it you know towards the end of the season and we, we the Bisha playoffs.
0: Yeah. Um you know we talked a little bit about this with mr Locks, but are there any other new coaches who are worth like mentioning
1: yeah so um i'm drawing a blank oh coach nooner so coach nooner he was a jv uh volleyball coach uh for several years here he'll be now um our our new varsity head volleyball coach uh rich background played at the collegiate level has coached at the collegiate level um his IQ in volleyball is incredible. Um so I think he's really gonna help push our volleyball team to that next level. Um, maybe come home with that first place championship in district and see what happens from there.
0: Um obviously Mr. Hildebrand. Yeah, Mr. Hildebrand, <laughs> sorry
1: I'm going through my notes. No, it's okay. Um <laughs> you know, um Miss uh Shelley she reported retired, um, she's going to come back in a volunteer role. So we'll still see her out on the course and at the range helping out. This is
0: golf for anyone Uh, who doesn't know. Yes, sorry, this is uh,
1: golf. But uh, yeah, so Mr. Hildebrand, Coach Hildebrand, uh, he'll be our new golf coach. Uh, They've already started off um, with a wonderful start. So we'll see, you know, how they do um, this season.
2: So we didn't talk about this too much, but I kind of wanted to cover the topic of cheer and anything that you have to say about that.
1: I do have, uh, you know, I, I, I had that on my list here that I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, miss them in our conversation because I, I have questions as well yeah. um, that I would like to put out there. Um, we've got. We hope by uh, the start of the school year we'll have a total of six cheerleaders, um, which for me I would like to grow it to you know twenty plus um, cheerleaders. But if you look at the history of cheer, at least since I've been in the district, and this is I'm going into my 18th year uh, in the district. And what I've observed is there's just never been a huge uh, group of um, student athletes or students come out for cheer, mm-hmm. and um, I I really can't in my conversations put my finger on why that is, um, because you know when we go visit other schools they have these huge yeah. cheer teams right. and dance teams, uh, and and as much as we publicize that we want um, you know girls boys to come out. Um, we still struggle to get anyone to come out for the team. So, you know, a big part of Miss Young uh, and I's work to start the year is, is why is that? You know, as we, as we talk to uh, our student body, how can we grow cheer? Is yeah. are we missing something at the middle school? Are we missing something at the elementary level? We did a pre-COVID, we did a huge cheer clinic, uh, had a huge turnout, they got to cheer at one of the football games. I think we had 20 plus oh, yeah, kids in the elementary that. and middle school. So that's another thing we're going to do this year. They're going to come out and cheer at the homecoming football game, um, which is a start. But you know, as we think about next year, even this year for the winter season, what do we, what can we do to promote it and get more um, students out for cheer?
0: Yeah. I know Lauren and I, we were talking about this the other day when we were just like brainstorming episodes for honestly the whole year. And, like, we both said, like, we don't know a whole lot about cheer, like, at all. So I think, like, doing a podcast with them is definitely on the agenda just, you know, so everyone can learn a little bit
1: more. Yeah, Coach Tenet, she'd be great. You know, she teaches over at UCity uh, mm-hmm. and then commutes over here for, um, you know, the Coach to Cheer team. But I think she would be a great person because she really, really does. She's very committed to growing the program. Um, she's constantly brainstorming what ways she can grow the program. Uh, and as much work as she's put in over these last two seasons, I know COVID has, has gotten in the way, um, but we're just try, We're struggling to get traction and growing it.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, okay, that's honestly all the questions we have for you. Is there anything else that you think would be worth mentioning about fall sports or just anything?
1: <laughs> no, a lot, you know, we discussed a lot about sports in general and the athletes that are part of the sports. But, you know, as we head into the year, I, I want to see – The biggest turnout of you know student body uh, that are not on those actual teams on that given date um, to show come out and support each other. It's been very difficult, you know. Last year in fall, um, a lot of times we didn't have any spectators. Uh, It felt really really odd being at games uh, and we didn't have anyone cheering each other on. And you know, with the level that we played at last year and some of our teams. I think the student body is going to love coming out and watching these high level athletes compete uh, and make a run at the playoffs and there's nothing better for the athletes itself than to turn around and see their friends and their peers in the crowd.
0: Yeah, that's one thing we're so yeah. excited for is just like going to all the games we like possibly can, like supporting our friends. So I
1: do think
2: because out. of last year, everybody is eager to go see yeah. the sports and with all the underclassmen, especially as seniors, I think. And,
1: and really if, you, if you think back to two years ago, oh, uh, when Miss Young and I, we created the app. Right. the app where you could check in Still at events on yeah. so we're going to really promote that um, especially the, as we start the school year with each of the different grade levels making sure students have it on their phone and they can check in at all the home events and get points and we could have competitions to see you know who's the most spirited students right. uh, here at the high school and then at individual events we can have giveaways and things mm-hmm. of that nature we've bought some things to throw out in games so you know The sky's the limit as to what we can and cannot do with that app. And so hopefully everyone, you know, gets that on their phone and and really starts to follow our teams in that way.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode and make sure to tune in next week. And don't forget to check out our Instagram and YouTube at Greyhound Time. Go Go Hounds! Hounds!